So welcome to Political Perspectives. I'm Carrie Lerner, chair of the Democratic Party of Lee County. And today we have Allison Murano, political consultant with us. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thank you for having me on, Carrie. Oh, Madam glad chair. to. Yeah, Allison is from 2007 to 2011. She was the chair of Pasco County Democratic Party. She's the founder of the Democratic County Chairs Association. And Allison is also a former, one of the former vice chairs of the FDP, as well as multiple consulting gigs through various elections between 2012 and now. What we'd like to talk about today, Allison, is voter registration. Can you give me like a quick overview of what did the Democrats do in the past that was so successful and how can we get there again? All right. So you know that for throughout time, before we got to around 2007, I would say, there was a very big lead with the Democrats. And we held on to that for quite a while until it went in the other direction. So there was just a very big effort of voter registration was organic in the state of Florida. And more, way more people were registering every day as Democrats than Republicans, and that really accounted for most of the lead. They were always given voter registration options at the DMV, which they still are, and people just got into the state and they registered. What happened in 2008 was a good thing for us because that was the first Barack Obama campaign, and he mirrored most, all of his statewide, all of his national efforts got mirrored in every single state. So the fact that he relied heavily on voter registration of youth and of African-American outreach and Hispanic outreach, he was one of the first candidates to really look at the whole picture and decide to register everybody. And that actually meant all the parties. Barack Obama, President Obama, candidate Obama, registered every single party. And because his belief and his philosophy was, if you register somebody, personally, and you talk to them, when it comes time for GOTV and you have them on your personal list as the person who registered them, and you ask them to vote a certain way and for specific candidates, they will trust you regardless of their party, and they will vote the way you ask. And this was part of the psychology or the behavioral economics that he subscribed to and used a lot in his campaign. As an aside, after I learned about the psychology that he used a lot in 08, I went into courses on behavioral economics, which is how I learned that's what it's called. And in one of my first courses that I took at Duke was featuring a lot of him, a lot of Obama's strategy for how he persuaded people. And I was fascinated by all of it. And that really was what he was doing. So he did a huge voter registration program. Let's say, we'll talk about Florida. It was huge. He registered somewhere in the neighborhood of 250,000 people for his election alone in Florida. And that generally set the stage for an open, overt, really loud voter registration program by the Florida Democratic Party and by Democrats that continued. So while OFA was here, they were thought of as his activist arm and his agenda getting the mail, because he always spoke to the people. So OFA was really, Obama for America became organizing for America, and they carried on his mission 
of getting his agenda passed. So it was one thing to get elected. It was another thing to get his agenda passed. And, and you know how they say Democrat, Republicans are great campaigners and terrible legislators and Democrats are terrible campaigners and very good legislators, right? There's another way to say it, but that's the gist of it. And so he did both. He did the great campaign and then he made sure his agenda had all of the force of his supporters behind it. And I was part of OFA in conjunction with the party. As a DCA chair, I became the bridge between OFA, which was Obama campaign, and then OFA organizing, and, and the state party, and the DECs, and the volunteers, and everybody who was involved in the state party. I was actually put in place to bridge the gap before they had even appointed Ashley Walker as the head of OFA. She was a deputy campaign manager for Obama for America under Steve Shale. Then she became the head of OFA and she put a full staff together and they kept their offices in Ybor City by Tampa. And then she became the campaign director for Obama for America 2012. But in those three years in between, they ran very robust, they continued to run very robust voter registration efforts and they hit those even during even after the election the off years they continued off to, years. to get ready for 2012. So the fact that they did that became a problem for the Republican Party. And this is where things started to change. And I was part of this. Um, do you want me to go into the detail of what they did and how we got here? I can sum it up or I can it's a very interesting story because the Republicans did do this in response to the Florida Democratic Party and the OFA outreach efforts for voter registration. That's where all of this mess came from. So what mess? I'm, I'm not sure I understand what mess Why they've got to become so complicated to do voter registration in the state of Florida. That's where this came from. Uh, in 2011, the legislator got together and knew that President Obama was going to run again, and he would obviously keep going with the voter registration. And to let you know, we were doing 240,000 people still every two years because of the midterms we were ready with the same amount and then getting ready for Obama's reelection in 12. We kept the numbers up for voter outreach. Now, was, it, was, was this with paid Canvassers yeah, most and canvassers. Because what? at the time, through the DCCA, we had the DCDECs focused on vote by mail. We said, let OFA take care of voter registration and the DECs will take care of vote by mail. So when I started the vote by mail programs, which started in 2007, in 2006, I realized for the first time I was chair of PASCO, for the, just for the end of that cycle, I realized that they beat us in vote by mail, the Republicans, by 25 points. So I sat down with Karen Thurman, who was the chair at the time. But my mail was pretty new. It was still called absentee voting. It was a new thing, but the Republicans really controlled it. And they knew right away. They sent out much more in-depth postcards and phone calls and letters. Democrats weren't thinking about vote by mail at all at this point. We didn't have early vote yet either. It was just vote by mail and election day at that time. I sat down and I... My, my state committee woman at the time came in appalled with this four point four piece full color mailer that Jeb Bush sent out for, I think it was Charlie Crist at the time in six and said, look what they do. And it was a complete with a quarter on it to buy a stamp to send it back, which I've always thought was borderline gray area legal to send the money for the stamp, but it was never brought up. So 
they beat us by 25 points. I sat down with Karen Thurman, who was chair at the time, and I said, we've got to get a handle on this vote by mail stuff. She said, I completely agree. She said, if I send you out on a tour, would you go talk about it all over? And I said, sure. And that was a volunteer. She gave me some money for the DCA to hold our first event. And we did all day trainings at that time when we did a DCA meeting. And it was vote by mail, top to bottom. Everything was vote by mail. This is how you do it. We have to go to every single supervisor in the state and make sure the forms we use with our branding had, meets their criteria for vote by mail information. We've got to start doing this and converting our election day voters to vote by mail and see where we can get with this. We weren't convincing people not to vote on election day. We were more, it's a trust issue. We were convincing people that it was safe and trustworthy and perfectly fine to vote by mail. And it saves a ton of money. That was the main thing. It saves so much money to vote by mail. And then we can bank our votes. And then on election day, we can go to the people who haven't voted yet, right? So that's what we were on vote by mail. So we concentrated with the DECs only on that no voter registration, let OFA handle it and let the FTP run their paid program for voter reg. And we did all the vote by mail. The small counties loved it. They bought into it in a huge way. They funded huge vote by mail registration efforts in every small county. It really was something. Who funded those? The, FTP? the small county coalition. Small county coalition had, had its own money printed. and it funded it. They did the mail. They funded these press one robocalls. They did everything. And the larger and medium counties did it too, but the small counties really embraced it. So then you learn how to turn out also. So we figured that out too. So long story short for that, by 2012, we had come up to maybe two points, within two points, a point and a half of vote by mail turnout. You know, so you gained 23% in those yeah, years. Yeah, we and now we've blown past them, if you remember, because yeah. we had some help in depressing it on the Republican side in 2020, but we beat them by what, 20 points or something election day in 2016 or 2020, we blew right past them. But we caught up pretty quickly. It took about five, six years and it was a trust issue. We caught up because you have to do everything. Now at this point, we also had early vote. You have to do all of it. So we beat them now in vote by mail. We're even, but they caught up to us in early vote. So we're even in early vote. But right now, the Republicans come out on election day. And it's because we can't take any of it for granted. We're not cannibalizing our voters. We're getting people to vote by mail and early vote so we can have that banked. Then on election day, we know who to push to the polls. And we have so much more time to get the people who still haven't voted there. That's why I've never subscribed to the cannibalizing the same voters, just changing their method of voting. The whole idea was to get the good voters voted and the semi-good voters voted. And then you go after the infrequent voters on election day and you push your numbers up that way. You just get more people voting, not the same people voting a different way. You free up your time to get the rest of the voters to the polls. Another cool fact about vote by mail is they did surveys over the years and they consistently find that once a person gets over that first hurdle of maybe not wanting to vote by mail, which really isn't the case anymore, but at the time they found out that once you do it once, you'll do it every time. It's not a new thing Because you can go in and you can follow your vote. We, my family, we all take our ballots, put them, we don't put them in the mail though, we take them to the drop box, yeah, and put that's it like in the box. Is. Good. But now the Republicans are eliminating the drop box because they're on to you. 
So to get back to voter registration, what happened was in 2011, they, the Republicans started passing these draconian laws about who can register voters, how they can register voters, and especially what the penalties are if they do any of this wrong. So they started attacking voter registration, in-person voter registration. I should say that because I want you to know that over all these years, while we were out knocking on doors and getting all these voters, Republicans have always done it by mail. They're out knocking on doors now, but back then they always did. They, they would get 500,000 registration forms into their Republican executive committees and mail them to everybody. That was how they did voter registration and it worked. And I do think it's something we should do because they just put them in the mail and sent them to people. And now we have online registration and we should be pushing that too. But of course, the most successful thing to do is in-person voter registration. Mm -hmm. But I want to point out that the Republicans are probably doing well by using their tried and true methods, which include calling, mailing, and online. They do have, they're very good at this. It's not that they're out there knocking on more doors all of a sudden. I personally believe, unverified, that these three methods, they've just become very good at and it's helped them jump ahead of us. And we have our reasons for not being there, but that's part of where I think their success is coming from. And it's something that I believe we should be also doing. I've always thought that. And Why we should be doing mail? it this year. Yeah. Why not mail voter registration forms? Why don't we ever, I tried that once and it worked pretty well, but we never really used it as an organizing tool. In 2011, they put the draconian laws in which established a third party voter registration shenanigan form that you have to register as a third-party voter registration company or organization, and then you have to get your number assigned, and then you have to check out voter registration forms, then they have to be back in a certain amount of time, you have to sign and date them, and in this year's law, which I don't remember if it passed or not, I didn't double check, but you have to issue a receipt, where they try to get you to have to issue a receipt. Mm -hmm. Did they do it? Did it pass? I honestly don't know for sure. So that was some of the things, like with the voter by mail, when we were starting to do so good, they tried to change those laws too. What that hurt them as well. So they didn't really change those rules that much. They changed them a little bit this year and it has to do with how many you can turn in. It has to do with, like you said, the drop boxes. So they're trying to hurt that as well. Early vote sites, they hurt us by closing anywhere the youth would want to vote. They closed all those down. They changed, and people don't focus on the fact that all the voter vote by mail registrations got canceled this year. So we start from scratch, but it's not the first time they've done that. They did that also to President Obama. They canceled all the vote by mail. So it's not the first time we've had to get them back. And a fun fact is the first time they did it in 2011, we had to get back 539,000 vote by mail registrations after they all got canceled and we did it. And then we far exceeded it by another 100, 150,000. So it's, it, it can be done. We've done it before, but voter registration, they put these draconian laws in. The biggest problem was that if you break any of the rules, like you don't have them, you had to have them back in 48 hours. Weekends didn't even count. You still had to have them back in. Yeah. You had to have every I dotted, every T crossed. You had to do everything. You had to check out your voter reg forms. So again, we were glad that we were sticking with the OFA is the only organization in the Democratic Party that's going to handle voter reg. And they did it in the Obama style, which was they held classes that taught you. You had to take a quiz to make sure you understood it and you got a handbook. 
Now, another fun fact is I wrote that handbook <laughs> because at the time I was talking about what the new rules were going to be. And they're like, you need to write all this down. We're going to send it to legal and then we're going to have to train on it. So I did. And the handbook still exists in many forms that it's been redone, generations of form of, of guides. But I believe it's still used and still exists out there. But I did write the original handbook. So the problem, the biggest biggest problem with these laws is that if you didn't do any of any part of it correctly, you could be fined a lot of money. I also noticed they upped the fines again this year. And I'm going to tell you why they had to up them because if they were all the way up there, $10,000, $50,000. At the time, then Senator Nelson took the Senate Judiciary Committee and brought them to Tampa for a hearing about the voter registration laws that the legislator, legislature had just enacted. We had a hearing, Dick Durbin was the chair of the committee at the time. He brought them all down. Myself and a couple of Senator Nelson's digital district directors packed the Tampa County Courthouse to overcapacity for the hearing. They had supervisor of elections from the side that thought the laws were terrible and a couple of supervisors that thought they were okay, which an interesting thing was on the side with the Democrats was the Volusia supervisor of elections who was a Republican. And on the side with the Republicans was the Orange County supervisor of elections who wanted to keep everything the same. So we had one and they had one on either side. Hmm. So they had the hearing. Afterwards, we held this huge press conference. I think there's still video about it out there. And we had a press conference and then they went back to DC to bring it in front of the Supreme Court. I remember we were at an FDP meeting in Tampa and I don't remember which meeting it was, but we were sitting outside when the ruling came in from the Supreme Court declaring that these voter registration rules were unconstitutional. And they slapped down the 48 hour deadline and made it 10 hour, 10 days. And they slapped the fines all the way down to a maximum of a thousand dollar cap per year. Now, going back to that, this year, they also increased that cap to five or $10,000 again. And I don't know what's happening with that. I don't know mm -hmm. if it made it in, if they're fighting it. I honestly don't know what's going on, but they tried to raise it again and they changed a few other little things. So we're getting back to the voter registration outreach. This continued the 250,300 voter registration, huge outreach projects continued until 2017. So even in 2016, which was a very upsetting, crazy election, we did our voter reg registration goals. Now, 2017, this is when the Florida Democratic Party had all new leadership and a change of heart about how to do voter reg. And quite honestly, they did not put the effort into a statewide outreach effort solely on voter registration anymore. And can, I ask you, can I ask you a question? Do you remember budget-wise, like what did this effort cost the FDP? I can't tell you. I would say maybe it was between 300,000, half a million, could have been more. I don't know. They had 50, 60 people full-time on staff for two years of solely doing voter registration. They canceled 50, that 60 time. staffers statewide. Yeah. Maybe more. I'm just guessing. You can't hold me to the numbers. I know okay. they're up there. They just could. I think that I may be lowballing it. I just because when I did the canvas, the paid canvas for Orlando, and then we had one in Miami in 2016 for Hillary, which was the last time we did this. 
we started the day after book closing, which meant all the voter registration staff was now out of work. And the only reason I know anything about it is they sent that staff to me on the day I opened the paid canvas so we could continue keeping them employed. And I hired almost all of them. And I want to say that was upwards of 50 people in Orlando alone. They just sent them all over and they lined up outside the door to my office, outside the office itself. They were lined up down the street. And I want to say we hired every single person that walked through the door. We continued to hire for paid canvas. But that's how I know how many there were, because we took over the staff that was previously doing voter registration once voter registration stopped with book closing. And Um, you had so you had paid canvassers in Orlando and and they did it in Miami, too. Didn't mm-hmm. Hillary win Orlando by, yeah, 30, by 30 points? points. Yeah. She did win by 30 points, which is why I was shocked the rest of the night because Orlando came in first and it was huge. And we put in all these new Democrats into Congress and the state house and Senate. And then I just didn't understand what happened to the rest of the state. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I have a ballpark of how many people it was. And I know they were paid $15 an hour. So I'm just in ballparking all of it. $15 an event, hour in 2017? Oh yeah, in 2016. Hillary, the party was paying $15 an hour and we matched that and Hillary made that. That was a cornerstone of her campaign was all of her employees at any level were paid a minimum of what she was trying to make the minimum wage be, which was at the time $15 an hour. And I used to send out my paid canvassers by saying, she's paying you the minimum wage. She wants to pay everybody $15. That's what you go to the doors with understand she's already doing it and it's not even it's not even enacted yet as a mandatory she's already paying everybody the minimum wage that we should have in this country and that was part of the message that i would send people out we would do a raw thing every single morning and i have guest speakers in to send the canvassers on their way to get out the vote this was get out the vote the campaign so anyway We get to 2017 and there's new leadership at the party and they've decided that they would rather hire a few people to train volunteers to do the level of voter registration that we were dependent on. And I had, I directly said that is not a good idea. And I was looking at, I remember texting him, I was like, all the voter registration money is being spent somewhere else. This is where we start turning. I said this in 2017, and this is in writing because I have said it many times. I'm watching all the voter registration money go into other places and they're not going to do voter registration. And I don't know what they're going to do, but it's not this. So all of Obama and all of Mm. the previous FDP efforts are now not there anymore. And this is where, and now we know where we are now. That's what happened. And that was continued. It was and then it just snowballed. And then we each year we lost our advantage. Is and that we're correct? down 400,000 now. And I directly attribute it to the re the redistribution of yeah. the allocation of the funding that even, and I'm not, I'm not saying everybody is okay with this. I was okay with other programs not being funded because we needed the voter registration that badly. And we knew the DECs had vote by mail. I was never worried about vote by, and that was purely volunteer, but it worked. And they put yeah, D- DEC DEC stands for Democratic Executive Committee. So those are the right. county parties. The, the DECs parties. mean the county parties. They're very good at it now. And that's one thing I don't think we've lost over the years because enough leadership 
in the party itself of the chairs and the state committee people, they understand after all these years, that's been passed down. A lot of the times you find, like we have with the voter registration program, things don't translate from one leadership group to the next at any level, at a county level, at a state level, at a, at a club level. It doesn't always keep going. Things get lost as leadership turns over. Yeah. Vote by mail has stayed. It's been tried and true, and it actually has held up, and we're still winning. And even without the depression of it on the other side, I believe we'd still be up at least two or three points, right? Not We're up 20 now, but we would still be up two or three points. We need to work on early vote. Like I said, the Republicans have overtaken that, or at least evened it out and overtaken a little bit here and there in different cycles and election day they always beat us and they don't have to it's not but the reason that we don't have the voters to turn out is because we don't do the voter registration so mm -hmm. we don't even have those new voters to turn and turn out all of it has affected everything else and you so, can't be yeah so let me step back just a little bit you talked about way back when you when ofa when you were doing the voter registration that you targeted the young voters, the African-American voters. I'm not saying they targeted. I'm saying that it was part of an outreach that had never been a demographic outreach before. They didn't target it more than another group. They just added it into their specific outreach. They, I don't want to say target. I don't like the way. Oh, okay. I'm don't sorry. like that word. You okay. know what I mean? You know, I did. Yeah, no, was yeah, in, I, it was yeah. enfolded as a Democrat, as a piece of what needed to be done. It wasn't looked at as a whole blanket voter reg outreach, homogenous. It was micro, it was programmed. You know, that's what Obama was known for, was his micro targeting. I know you don't like the word. He was a, no, he was a numbers guy. Yeah, he was a definitely about guy. the micro targeting. But yeah. I guess. Do, was it, was the target, was this effort in, to reach, because that's one of our things that we're trying to do here at the Democratic Party of Lee County is we're trying to reach and engage with our, with the younger voters, basically millennials and Zoomers and Gen Z. We, the younger voters, the Gen Z and the Zoomers seem to be waking up to the fact that they can have power. I think the election of Congressman Frost has been very going to bring him up. Very yeah. helpful yeah. in that. But what are can you think of other ways that because here in again, I'm bringing it down to the county level. You did most of your work on the state level. And for that, we are all very grateful. But looking for what we can do here. I know that I know that chair chair Reed is chair Freed. Sorry, chair Freed is looking at things completely differently and trying to, I think, get back to some more basics here. But on the county level, we are we have a challenge in reaching some of these communities in order to have them engage. It's hard to engage young voters when your volunteers all look like me. So how was it just the how dynamic that Barack Obama was that you were able to do that? Or was it, how did you create that sense of hope? And that's what it was. It was hope and change, right? His dynamic yeah. was dynamic. But he spoke to everybody very truthfully and plainly, and that's what you do. But when I think about how to outreach even 
being us. <laughs> you just have to, there's always, and I think this culture has changed, but not changed in any polit- political party. This is on either side. I would say if I was even going to the other side, I'd walk into the same culture. There's a, there's always been a problem with letting, say, younger people in and listening to their ideas. So it's one of those, the biggest complaint I think you'll get from the youth that try to get involved in our local parties is that they don't feel heard mm-hmm. and they don't feel, they feel like it's, they're being asked to come in and conform to the existing structure instead of coming in and being able to help us understand what it is that we should be doing. And I would say 10 years ago, it was a little bit more difficult because they didn't have the proof. Everything's very, to me, it's all data and everything's verifiable. And now you can look and you can see that the youth have the messaging down and they understand what they're doing and they know how to talk to people. Social media has turned the table completely. And I will preface this by saying, even if you don't understand any of it, you don't like TikTok, that's fine. I erase TikTok until I can figure out what is going on there. But you don't necessarily like Instagram. Politics is on Facebook, politics is on Twitter, but it's not the reels, R-E-L-S. We're not doing social posts the way the younger group does. Yeah. But yeah. now it's verifiable that they reach people and it's time to not discard what it is they're saying and let them at the table. That's, and that's everybody. And I know there's plenty of people who might be listening saying, I do that. And I'm glad that we just need more people to do it because that's always been where we lose, lose them. They come in and they're told, it happened to me in Pasco County. I came in with all these new ideas. The chair wouldn't listen to me at all. And she asked me to head up this one thing, thinking she was putting me over in a corner to handle this thing. And that didn't work out because she, I was the chair within eight months. <laughs> no one puts Allison in the corner. I can't even right. imagine. <laughs> but, that, but it was just, you can't, I knew that. And I tried the best I could to listen to everybody's ideas, but this was 2006. We weren't even there yet. But I think now, and every time we talk, you talked about your woman freed, she just started some youth leadership council at mm-hmm. the FDP. And having said that, I know nothing about it. I have no idea what their structure is or their organizing, but there's a really good guy who was asked to be part of it. And he's pretty excited about that. And I can tell he's got that enthusiasm, Jaden D'Onofro. He's a great person to get engaged, right? Maxwell Frost, if you can't get them, because he'll engage the youth. Jaden is a great person. And tell, you can tell him I said to reach out. I met, I actually met Jaden at the, at one of the meetings, not the last meeting, the meeting before, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying there are youth that are involved. And I want to say that always happens because I was, I helped found the College Democrats with Dominique Gellin back in 2007, eight. And she was all gone ho and it went really well. And she was a great organizer and a great leader. And the College Democrats took off really well. And they had count, they had chapters in every county. And then she moved to California and it fell off for a while, which is what I mean about leadership yeah. not, not translating. We don't have a secession plan. Uh, yeah. We and, don't have a secession and the Democrats plan. never do. I never understood yeah. how we don't have any sort of every election is new, right? And I get that for democracy, but there's no ascension implied ascension, right? The way there are nonprofits. Right. There's no, you never are guaranteed the next rung if you make it to the one before it. Listen, um, Allison, I am so grateful 
to you for taking this time to share with us your thoughts on just giving us a brief, and it is a brief history because it's a long, there's a lot packed into that, that short amount of time and some of the suggestions that you have provided. Do you think I could ask you to come back and do another one of these on another subject? Oh, absolutely. I'll do whatever you ask me, Carrie. Thank you, Allison. We're very fortunate to have someone as knowledgeable as you here still helping us in the state. So it's Allison Morano, political consultant. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thanks.